Hi, welcome to The Pipeline, all things CD and DevOps podcasts by the CD Foundation. I am your host, Jacqueline Salinas, Director of Ecosystem and Community Development. Thank you so much for joining us. It's episode 24 of season two. And today's guest of The Pipeline is Victor Farsik. Victor Farsik is a developer advocate at Upbound, a member of the Google Developer Experts and Docker Captains groups, and a published author. His big passions are DevOps, GitOps, Microsoft, services, continuous integration, delivery and deployment, and test-driven development. He often speaks at community gatherings and conferences. He is a host of the YouTube channel DevOps Toolkit and a co-host of DevOps Paradox. He published the DevOps Toolkit series and test-driven Java development. Today's topic is combining progressive delivery with GitOps and continuous delivery. Three faces keep popping up when talking about modern workflows and deployment and deployment techniques. We have continuous delivery to automate the complete lifecycle of applications from a commit to a Git repo all the way until a release is deployable to production. Then we have GitOps to define the desired states of our environments and let the machines handle the convergence of the actual into the desired state. Finally, there is a lot of focus on different deployment strategies grouped under progressive delivery. They are all focused on the iterative release of features to make the process safe, prevent downtime, and reduce the blast radius of potential issues. Now let's dive into what Victor has been up to lately since he's been a guest of the pipeline before. We won't be doing the segment, My DevOps Journey, and then we'll dive right into the main topic for today. Hey, Victor. So nice to have you again at the pipeline. Hope you're doing well. This is your second time being a guest speaker. So give us an update of what's going on with you. Oh, thank you for having me. Uh, I changed a couple of companies and now I think that I'm settled. I moved to Upbound with a company behind uh, Crossplane and a few other things and trying to redefine how we manage infrastructure services and everything in between. Very cool. So today's main topic is combining progressive delivery with GitOps and continuous delivery. So let's just write Uh, Let's just jump right into our main topic. So what are the major obstacles towards GitOps adoption today? So the the process of GitOps is relatively simple, straightforward. You install a couple of tools that will do the processes, whichever processes there must be, basically synchronization between different states. And then you tell people, hey, you just push stuff to Git, and then that stuff will automatically uh, be running somewhere. So from process perspective, it is extremely easy. It cannot get easier, potentially. The problem or the obstacle is that the things that people need to write and push to Git are still potentially complicated. Like if you take an average developer, uh, figuring out uh, all the manifests and writing everything that is required to, let's say, create infrastructure for their applications is complicated. Like in AWS itself, you to create a simple cluster, you probably need like 30, 40 different resources. We're talking about thousands of, or hundreds at least, lines of YAML that you don't understand. And then you get a cluster and then you need to figure out how do you run your applications there? How do you define your applications? Should you use stateful set or deployment or k-native something? Uh, how about virtual services, ingresses, this and that? It's complicated to define whatever is required for your applications to run somewhere successfully. So process is easy, but getting to the point that you can uh, employ the process 
is still very complicated. And that's mostly because I still feel that we are in very early stages of Kubernetes or even of cloud uh, infrastructure. Thank you so much for that. So give us a little bit more context around how does GitOps and CD coexist? That's a good question. And uh, it's cause of some of the problems I've seen people are having to marry those two, to combine those two, because we are traditionally used to create CD pipelines. Uh, actually, let me stop here for a second, just to clarify. In my head, CD is a full process from the beginning to the end. It's not something that comes after CI, right? So it's a full process of uh, fully automating everything that required for your application from the very beginning all the way until it is ready to be deployed to production or it is deployed to production. Now, the deployment part of all that uh, logically, in a way, clashes with how people are used to uh, define and run CD pipelines because pipelines by nature, in a way, are imperative. We say, hey, I want to do this, I want to do that, and so on and so forth. And at one moment, uh, I'm telling my pipelines, I want to deploy my application. Uh, I'm going to execute some command like kubectl apply or helm install or helm upgrade, customize this and that. We're trying to figure out traditionally, at least in the past, how we can tell pipelines what to do. And that's quite fine for quite a few tasks. Like let's say, hey, I want to run tests uh, or hey, I want to build something. Maybe not even for that, but that would be a separate conversation. But when it comes to deployments, and GitOps, the logic is very different. Instead of uh, telling your pipelines, hey, I want to deploy something, you're telling your pipelines, hey, you should go to this repository, you should figure out where is the definition of your application, and you should push some changes to that repo that reflect the new state of the application that you want to have running in your cluster. And that's for one reason or another, difficult to comprehend because it's a it's in a way change to how we are used to think and it's almost complicated to understand that hey i will be imperative i will tell pipelines exactly what they want to do but when it comes to deployment i will just change the state of something somewhere in some git repository and then some other tools will make sure that those things happen completely in a way out of control of the things I'm doing within pipelines. And on top of that, we are having from the pipeline perspective or from the CD perspective, uh, and now I'm almost making a mistake that I'm putting equal sign between pipelines and CD, but uh, in general, that, that's what it is. Uh, we are then having troubles. Okay, so if we have pipelines that define our CD processes, do this, do this, do that. And then when it comes to deployment, we are in a way losing control because we do not know when will those tools synchronize the changes we just made through pipelines in Git and the actual state. And we do not know when to continue our pipelines because uh, once I modify the state somewhere, Argo CD or Flux or whichever tool we might be using might need a second or a minute or 10 minutes until it changes completely the state of uh, of that application running in the cluster. And then we are we are 
having complications. So, so how, how do I know? When do I run tests? How do I know that when should I run tests? Because I do not know anymore when something is deployed and so on and so forth. Uh, and probably for that reason, and I, and I believe that GitOps will be one of the major uh motivators towards changing how we define our continuous delivery processes of them being broken into much smaller components. And instead of us defining, hey, these are the 57 or 100 or 10, whatever number of steps in the life cycle of application, we'll probably have to start relying on events. Like, hey, I do not have a big pipeline that defines my CD process. I have a pipeline that builds something. And then another one that uh, deploys something. And then another one that runs tests. And all those things, instead of being defined in one place, will probably be connected somehow through events. So instead of specifying what happens after something happens, we'll probably have an event and listen to those events. Like, oh, somebody just built something. What should I do? Oh, I should do this. Excellent. Uh, and then I finish doing that. And then, oh, somebody just deployed something. That's another event. So I'm pretty sure that we are going towards moving away from monolithic pipelines and mostly thanks to GitOps, I believe, towards event-driven, smaller, decoupled type of pipelines that will define our continuous delivery process, not as a one process full of different steps, but a lot of small pieces that are somehow magically communicating with each other and working in, 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 in a tandem. Very cool. Thank you. So how does shift left fit into that picture? I touched briefly uh, on that question initially uh, when I was talking about obstacles towards adopting GitOps. Um, I think that we and almost everybody, most of the organizations I know and work with, want to shift left, but are faced with impossible to solve obstacle that is not everybody can know everything. And that is a real potentially complicated thing to solve, simply because, hey, if you want to enable the teams, let's say those five people or 10 people in charge of an application to be fully in charge of that application, we still cannot assume or even hope that those that that team that we just enabled to do everything or allowed them to do everything and gave them responsibility to do everything that those people will know how to do everything because it's simply too much there is a good reason why we have experts in infrastructure and even experts in infrastructure are usually split. Hey, I know inside out or AWS, I'm not really that confident with Azure. Uh, I know Azure, I'm not that confident with Google. And if I understand infrastructure, then I might not understand networking. And if I understand networking, I'm unlikely to understand in, in sufficient depth how Kubernetes work and so on and so forth. So, so we have that those conflicting needs that we want to enable people to be able to do as much as possible themselves, potentially everything. And But we also understand that those people cannot do everything without the help from, from those experts. So we are kind of torn between two ideas. Hey, if I cannot be humanly capable of doing everything, I will have to ask somebody else to create my infrastructure or somebody else to deploy my application or define my application and so on and so forth. But the moment we do that, the moment we shift the work to some, towards somebody else, 
we are not anymore shifting left. We are actually shifting right, uh, reversing the trend. And the only way to get out of that situation is for people on the right, you know, all those experts, security experts, infrastructure experts, Kubernetes, what's or not, to create services that will simplify uh, and uh, lower the bar for the people on the left, let's say people in charge of an application to do everything. So, okay, what basically it's about asking questions. If I'm going to enable you to, let's say, manage your own infrastructure without you being a ninja, knowing absolutely everything about it, what are the things that matter to you? And then after some conversations, you come to the, hey, I'm... I should be able to define the size of the nodes. I should be able to maybe define the number of the nodes. And I should be able to define this and that, five things, 10 things, 50 things, doesn't matter how many. And then it's responsibility for those people on the right, instead of doing all that work for, for people on the left, to create services that will enable people. Basically, we are not talking about having specialized departments not doing work anymore for uh, for others but creating services that would enable others to do those that work. And those services, more often than not, cannot be bought by third-party vendors simply because those services need to be extremely opinionated. You cannot simplify things without being very opinionated. And especially in bigger organizations, op opinionated tools coming from third-party vendors are rarely a solution simply because it is impossible for third-party vendors to figure exactly what your company, what your teams need. What is what is the level of freedom that you should enable others uh, so that they can do everything that they need to do in a way that fits exactly uh, the structure of your company and what your company is doing. So the only solution towards shifting left, I believe, is actually getting the tools, creating the tools. So, and that's the job of third-party vendors and open source projects and what's not to create the tools that would enable experts in a company to create opinionated frameworks, uh, opinionated frameworks for others. So it's involving three parties instead of two. Instead of, hey, this is the vendor, take this tool, it works out of the box, just use it. The trend is going towards, hey, this is the tool that will allow your security expert or Kubernetes expert or whomever to create the final tool that you can use because that is the person who knows exactly what you need uh, because that's his domain, that's his job. Uh, and so on and so forth. Great. Thanks so much for that. So let's talk about what's next in infrastructure management. I have it very clear that the next step is Kubernetes API. We've seen the adoption of Kubernetes. It is absolutely undeniable that Kubernetes is taking over the world. The potential problem over there is that uh, from some perspective, Kubernetes is misunderstood. People see Kubernetes as a solution that enables us to run containers in our cluster uh, in a simplified form, right? Uh, it's a scheduler. It's something that we can use to as a platform or to build a platform where we run our applications. I believe, on the other hand, that the main strength of Kubernetes is its API um, and, and its scheduler, of course, but first and foremost, the API that enable us to do 
things that we couldn't do before. And we are now entering the period or era, let's say, where it is already adopted. There is no discussion about Kubernetes for running your application or sorry, your applications. But now we are expanding and going beyond that. It is about leveraging Kubernetes API to manage absolutely everything. And that everything is your application, your applications actually, your infrastructure, your services, whatever. Basically, we are moving towards the direction where we finally, potentially the first time in the industry of, of or in the history of our industry, where we have a unified single API to do everything. And that means that uh, we will be redesigning and rethinking how everything else works. We haven't nailed how, how we deploy applications and that's Kubernetes API. And now we are going towards uh, managing infrastructure and services and uh, everything else basically through the same API. Uh, that's potentially, not potentially, that, that is one of the main reasons why I was so attracted to Crossplane long before I joined Upbound, uh, because it's one of the few tools, if not maybe the only one, that takes that concept seriously. It uh, enables us to apply all the good proven practices of scheduling and uh, reconciliation and drift detection and all the other things that Kubernetes does for us on a, on a container level to infrastructure. And we will, I'm 100% I'm certain that we will see that trend continuing that uh, the next phase of infrastructure management is becoming or uh, getting to the same level as uh, is our application management uh, right now. It's almost as if uh, infrastructure management is was ahead of many things that we had in the past, but now it's slowed down to the level that it is behind um, the tooling and the ecosystem that we are having for our applications. And the, that difference in uh, the advancements will be reversed once we fully adopt Kubernetes as being uh, some sort of universal control plane uh, that manages absolutely everything. All right. So yeah, tell us now, how does infrastructure fit into CD? Yeah, so if we assume that we are uh, handling the deployment part of continuous delivery through GitOps, and that automatically means that we are managing absolutely everything by defining things in a declarative format, storing it in Git, and then letting some tools like, again, Flux or Argo CD or whichever else we might be using, pull those changes and apply them. Uh, that means that uh, continuous delivery will be heavily uh, relying, and it already is, on GitOps, and that... Um, that it will include, finally, in a way, everything. Meaning that uh, when we start thinking about continuous delivery, we will not only think about it on the application level, 
like, hey, I built my uh, build my application, built some binaries, and then build some container images, and then I run some unit tests, and then I deploy my application somewhere, and then I do something else, and so on and so forth. That infrastructure will be part of that process. Hey. I have a definition of my application together with the definition of all my infrastructure. When and all that is stored in Git, all that lives together in a kind of symbiosis. And whenever I'm making changes to the desired state, I'm constantly involving both infrastructure and applications, of course, in cases when changes are required in the first place. So we will see infrastructure managed in more or less the same way, or not more or less, in the same way as applications. Uh, declarative, uh, dec uh, manifest defined in a declarative way, starting it repositories, um, managed through the same tools, exactly the same tools as we are managing those same manifests that are applying to applications. Uh, so basically we are removing uh, important important part of our pipelines and our processes and moving all that to uh, to be managed through um, GitOps tools. And then our CD pipelines become greatly reduced because all of a sudden, if let's say one third or, or something like that of our pipelines were dedicated, to managing those states and and uh, executing some commands that would deploy something or create something and so on and so forth. All that work is moving away from the pipelines and pipelines are becoming, in a way, orchestrators of the changes in Git repositories rather than uh, executors of specific actions that result in some changes uh, of a state somewhere. Victor, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, I really appreciate your time. Always a pleasure learning more about GitOps from you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely.